All right, so we're back here on another Washington Football Guys podcast, episode number seven, aka the Jason Campbell um, episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here. Um, unfortunately, our other Washington Football Guy Rob won't be here today. He's you know got to do his thing. Definitely to my guy Rob, but we got a special guest in the building. We got our guy Damian Adams from the Real Deal with Damian Adams and a part of the Third and Three podcast. What's going on, DA? I'm doing good, man. Glad to be on the show. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of you guys, man. So it's an honor that you guys will have me on the Washington football guys, you know, bringing in the enemy. So I'm glad yeah. that you welcome me behind enemy lines. <laughs> yes. If you guys follow my man, D.A., he's an avid New Orleans Saints fan. So why not uh, bring in my guy to preview this uh, NFC battle between the Washington football team and the New Orleans Saints? So, D.A., before we get started, what is the storyline to watch, in your opinion, in this matchup? So, the storyline to watch for the Saints is trust, right? So, the Saints, for years, have been known as this prolific passing team. Now, it did slow down in the past few years as Drew Brees' arm, you know, kind of deteriorated right in front of us. But you figured he would still be, Sean Payton would still be aggressive in his normal ways, but he hasn't been. We've thrown the ball the least out of all 32 teams in the NFL this year, uh, and that's just not Saints-like. We're depending a lot on our defense, and Alvin Kamara has become more of a bell cow back than the, the dual threat back that you've seen in past years. So I think our storyline is that Sean Payton trust Jameis enough to throw the ball and be more balanced in our offense. Yeah, absolutely. I think the storyline for me is going to be it's pretty much this, this is a crossroad game in, in many different ways. Obviously, both of us coming in at two and two, um, you know, one of us going to leave this matchup at two and three and kind of facing somewhat of a daunting task. And then uh, which quarterbacks will we see? Will we see, you know, we look at, you know, as far as Jameis has improved, he's definitely not the 30 for 30. You know, risk it no biscuit, Bruce Arians, Jameis Winston. Um, so he's doing what he's doing at this point. And then uh, what Taylor Haneke is doing, uh, you know, a guy that's in a, in a weird way, eerily similar. They have the same type of numbers. So which, you know, quarterback, when again, we've, they, we've had, um, especially with Taylor Haneke, we've had bad Taylor Haneke in certain spots. Which 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 good quarterback performance are we going to see out, out of those two is going to be really the one of our biggest storylines. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. With both guys, you can get kind of Jekyll and Hyde. I even joked on our show that <laughs> you can get Jekyll and Heineke uh, when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Washington. Uh, but I like I like T. Henny a lot, man. I think that he has potential if he gets that chance to really roll with the starting job. I know you guys brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick for a reason. Uh, has there been an update on when he could come back? So, yeah, with him, man, you got to see with Heineke like. What what type of player does he really show? Does he show that guy last year from the playoffs that was able to – people forget how close that game was to Tampa Bay last season. So does he able to really bring that forward for you in this game? And with Jameis, we all know about Jameis being 30 for 30, 2019. But this year he has eight touchdowns, only two interceptions. And I think that we have to see more attempts from the Saints to – really show that Jameis has made that transition to not being the risk it biscuit guy that you were talking about earlier. So I do think the quarterback storyline is a major one in this one going forward. 
So yes, yeah, so it's looking like it's still in that that um six to eight week type of timetable. So I'm I'm assuming probably maybe after the bad week potentially. Um, I know that's what they okay. were kind of targeting. Which the way Taylor's been playing, I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to see the field at this point because I'm I, and I, I found it interesting because I thought he was going to be like our 2022 option and kind of the process I think kind of been expedited obviously with Ryan Fitzpatrick injury. So I don't know. I mean, you know, it just depends on. Uh, but I think he should because the way they were talking, they was going to potentially like a two month thing. So. Timeline looked like he it, he would be worst case scenario. Should be ready by Tampa Bay on October the fourteenth. I mean November the fourteenth after the bye week. So you know, I, you know, it's question. It's in the air. But yeah, yeah. No, nah, so it's gonna be a good question. It's a hard decision for the coach because, like I said, see, Henny's been playing. He has his bad moments, but yeah. I don't think he has as many bad moments as Fitzpatrick can have, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. what the difference is. Yeah, big time. <laughs> so. Yeah. What's the uh, the matchup to watch for you in this um, in our matchup? So I think the best matchup is going to be a real fun one to watch is Terry McLaurin versus Marshawn Lattimore. I think that's going to be a really big matchup in this game. Two Ohio State guys, Buckeye on Buckeye crime going on <laughs> in this one. And Marshawn Lattimore has been playing very well this year. You know, outside of that play where he fell asleep and let Saquon Barkley go get past him in the Giants game. Uh, prior to that, he was rating as one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and we just paid him as that. Like, he got broke off. So he needs to continue to earn that new contract, and I think this type of game is the game where he earns it. Because I know you guys are missing a few receivers, so Terry McLaurin is going to be somebody that's probably targeted heavily in this game. Can Marshawn Lattimore not shut him down? Because it's really hard to shut somebody down like that because McLaurin is really good at running routes and making incredible catches. But can he slow him down enough to where – T. Henney has to look at different areas of the field and get into some trouble where he's not able to go to the guy that he relies on. So I think that matchup is really, really important. Yeah. And like you said, and especially with now the banged up wide receiver quarter we got, I think, like, I know Diami questionable, obviously, um, you know, Logan Thomas is out. Um, so it's a lot of it's a lot of situations that's going going on with that wide receiver core. Like you said, that's really like the prime matchup where you got pretty much you know, like the buckle buck out buck out crime where you got two guys and like Terry's you know now has been now like the you know the bona fide um, star of this teams definitely from the wide receiver position and just you know from just the whole offense itself. And like you said, he's he's the internet runs his team. And like you said, if you can kind of get him, you know, kind of, you know, stop or whatever, like contain him or what have you, that could definitely be a key. Um, I think one of the biggest matches I want to see is um, the same offensive line versus our defensive line, uh, which, and it's weird because now last week, um, you know, James Winston was was clean. No sacks him against that Giants um, defensive line. And especially the Washington unit has been struggle, struggling this year, uh, you know, I, someone would told me we sitting here October eighth, and we only had seven sacks the entire this entire in four games. That's crazy. I'd have been like, no, you somebody's hurt. What's, what's going on? Yeah. Like, why? You know, what's up with that? But this is where um, I'm, I'm curious about it because even I, even the defense, especially the defense line, someone has showed signs. But even last week, I definitely thought they were going to be able to get 
Matt Ryan big time. But obviously, one sack, quarter, six quarterback um, hits, which could have been two, but I digress about that point. But it should have been two, but but yeah, yeah, that play where he went down, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm really curious um, how they handle James because James really isn't like the runner runner per se. Like you know, that's not like one of you know, like if he goes for broke, he's just gonna you know he gonna run it out. You know, like like the other quarterbacks that we've had played in the past and that had success. So um that's gonna kinda be one of the key matches that I want to see. And like you said, a lot of more and uh McLaurin, that's gonna be yeah, that's gonna be prime time. For sure. But that's a really good call on offensive line versus defensive line. I did want to ask you yeah. with you guys, the defense not living up to expectations, what do you think is going wrong in Washington with the defense? Because I thought this year y'all defense is gonna be crazy. I thought so too. Like you said, and it's yeah. weird because you figured it was going to be a continuation and A, they were young. And the thing is, it's, it is weird. It's what, what I find now I see now the engagement is different. Like it don't, it doesn't even feel like they play for each other in a sense. And then the more it feels, it just feels like it feels different versus last year where I felt like they all play together in a unit. And, and it's one of those things where you realize, well, Maybe the defense wasn't as good as we kind of projected because of how they was able to get pressure. That kind of negated the issues that we have now, especially with the secondary. The, the the linebacker core was a little bit suspect last year too. You kind of saw, saw that towards the end of the season um, where they've had issues with that. Um, but yeah, this year this, this feels different. And then like you know this you know it's, it's weird because I thought it was going to be like you said a continuation of it because last year, but then really in theory last year, a lot of it, they had a lot of turnovers um, in certain spots. So they were able to get pressure and then kind of get, you know, like I went Chase Young plays against San Francisco where they had the fumble. He ran it back. Uh, Cam Curl had a, um, had a play that was similar to that, but now it's just, it's non-existent. And it's one of the things where it's like they play in spurts, like Atlanta, it's, it's called a gauge. Like Atlanta literally was almost one of the best defensive efforts at yeah. this point, which is hard to kind of gauge Atlanta as that as the one that you kind of pinpoint and say, well, the defense played okay, but they still gave up 30 points. So yeah. it's yeah, I think yeah, it's just one of the things where it's just like it, it's a, a a multitude of things. I think scheme wise, not adjusting. Yeah. Like and it's almost like when they it's like it's like everything that they do you know, they they're in zone okay, burnt the whole middle of the field is exposed man to man William Jackson's on the island and you know William Jackson in my back in my backyard and the defenders in their home stadium <laughs> like it's 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 just like it's almost like you damn it's a damn you do damn you don't type of defense at this point. And it's just yeah. like, <laughs> that's, I, can't, I can't put my finger on one thing. It's a multitude of things, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy to think about that, man. Because I was, my pick for defense player of the year was Chase Young. Like, I thought for sure, like, you guys are going to ball out. He was going to have a million sacks. <laughs> like, I was just ready for you guys to ball out this year, man. <laughs> and don't feel bad because mine was Montez Sweat because I think he was going to be on the other end of it because yeah. I think going to double team Chase and that's going to leave Montez open. No. 
<laughs> so what's your uh your x factor so the x factor in today's game or not today i wish it was today but sunday's game for us <laughs> um so for me i think the x factor is going to be balance uh i mentioned earlier how we've been running the ball so much to where we're throwing the ball at least in the nfl I think we have to do more throwing the ball. You have to trust Jameis more. And if we're able to get to like a 50-50 place where we're trusting Jameis and also the infatuation that Sean Payton has with Taysom Hill has to slow down a little bit. Uh, one of the key plays in the game against the Giants last week, I thought really changed momentum. We were up 21-10. to 10. Taysom Hill comes in to do a passing play, throws – one of the weakest deep balls I've ever seen in my life <laughs> throws it <laughs> to Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris is like five, seven. So if you're throwing a deep ball to him, that means he's outrunning somebody. You're not throwing a jump ball to Deontay Harris. He throws a jump ball to him with Bradbury guarding. And Bradbury is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Easy interception. And that changed the whole momentum of the, of the game. In the second half, that's when the Giants came back after that pick. And so I think that we need to let Jameis be the quarterback. If you bring Taysom Hill in, let him be an athlete. Let him do what he does. He had two rushing touchdowns. Let him do that type of stuff. He's a great athlete. Let him run. Let him catch the ball. If he comes in to be a QB, very easy plays. Roll out. Two routes he was gone. If they're not open, you take off. Very easy reads for him. He can be an athlete and do what he does. So the X factor for me is balance for the Saints. Big time. The, the, I put it this way. I got a, I got a guy who I'm really like, I might have to sleep this night tomorrow night, potentially. <laughs> Uh, Taysom Hill, um, this, and it's weird because it's it's really hard to game plan for him because it's almost like he's a Swiss Army knife. So, yeah. And if I'm to be devil's watch the uh, devil's advocate in a sense, I would just have him as a receiver in this in this case because I look at uh, especially how our pass defense has, and it's just is really bad, like to a point where I think we're ranked 28th in pass um, defense, and I think we're allowing like 10 touchdowns already, which is like frightening to think. Like, in this, yeah. still got what 13 more games. Well, after this one, it'd be 12 games left, and this is like you know, this, 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 it can get ugly. Yeah. Um, he's another one where it's, it's like to me, I think he can potentially have a Cordero Patterson type of impact. Like how he did against us last week. That's another one where it's always somebody that's going that's going to get off in, on our defense. And I think yeah. he's like, he's prime position. And then another one that really scares me is Alvin Kamara. Like I, yeah. Alvin Kamara might have a Christmas Day game. <laughs> so so that, that that fights me. So <laughs> yeah, so, for me, yeah, I definitely agree with those factors. Like Taysom Hill can definitely have that type of impact if we use him in that way, right? I would love to see that. Uh, we need to use Alvin Kamara more in the passing game. Like, he's been more of a bell cow back this year instead of that dual threat back that you're used to seeing. Like, last week, he had, like, 120 yards rushing. I believe that was his career high on 24 carries or 26 carries um, that he had last week. And he's not normally getting that many carries. Normally, he'll get that many touches between running the ball and catching the ball. So I definitely want to see Alvin Kamara use more in a screen game or just split them out wide, put them in a the slot so you can right. take advantage of those matchups like you're talking about. Yeah, because <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I, was like, I thought about it. I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. Like, <laughs> it, can, it can really spell doom for us. But, yeah. So, D.A., the Saints win if. 
The Saints win if our defensive line brings consistent pressure on T. Henney. Um, last week, we allowed Daniel Jones to sit in that pocket and look clean. He was out there looking like Dan Marino against us because he didn't have any pressure, right? And we all know with Daniel Jones, once you bring pressure, that's when you have fumbles. That's when you have those interceptions. Uh, with T. Henney being someone who doesn't have that much experience, you want to bring that pressure from different sides, different ways. And our defensive line is good enough to get there with four. But every once in a while, bring different type of pressures. Like I love when we blitz uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He's a really good blitz and corner. So when we every once in a while, just blitz him off the side. You'll have that type of pressure, just surprise the quarterback and mix it up. So if our defense is able to bring pressure and make T. Henney's life not comfortable in this game, I think that we could win it. And offensively, like I said earlier, balance, trust. Sean Payton has to trust Jameis Winston. I know it's it's difficult. You know, every relationship needs trust. You know, not just, you know, football, but every relationship is built on trust. Quarterback and coach is kind of like a marriage. And he just got out of a very long relationship with Drew Brees. So now he has to really try to alter what he does with Jameis Winston and how he approaches this relationship. So I think it's going to take a little time. So I'm not too worried about it, but the Saints win if we trust on offense and if we bring pressure on defense. Yeah, um, I think the Saints win. Like I was saying earlier, about I think just the whole the Taysom Hill, um, just putting him in different in various spots and just you know and just go off on them. And and a part of me, in a weird way, I would say in, in you guys' case, um, forced Tallahassee to beat y'all. Like almost, almost similar to like what happened in that last situation, which I think obviously we know, you know, from from you know, you guys are head and shoulders better than the Atlanta team. Let's just keep it up to the buck. But I think if you force him in those type of situations where he's, you know, you're, you're forcing him to pretty much be in a shootout with him, that's going to be, I think, your biggest, um, you know, the biggest advantage because, yeah, you know. Our offense has been good, and then even – and it's weird, like, how – like, when we think about the Saints, we think about a prolific offense. Now this offense has been kind of stagnant, but I think this could be a situation where I think that offense can kind of come to light, and I think if it does become a shootout, that, you know, New Orleans will have, you know, more weapons than than we would as far as if it becomes to a shootout, which if, if I'm New Orleans, I'm, I'm hoping for a shootout because – you know, we got some rounds in the chamber, but um, y'all got magazines, so, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's to keep it a buck. But yeah. yeah, so Washington wins if Washington wins if they're able to get Gibson going. Like that's a big part of it. Like if they get Gibson going, like you said. So basically, when you said the Saints win if they force T. Henny to, to beat us. Y'all win if Gibson gets going and we're not able to do that. Uh, so with Gibson, that balance that you guys can have there, also keeping the defense off the field. Defense hasn't played well. One way to help your defense is time of possession. A lot of people don't talk about that anymore. Like it's an old school saying now, like yeah. it's something that, you know, taboo to bring up time of possession. But it's something that can still be used even in today's game. Like if you're controlling the ball, like we did against Green Bay week one, we had the ball for like over 40 minutes. And Aaron Rodgers barely saw the field. If you can keep that type of quarterback off the field, it helps you win games. And if your defense is bad, you control the game. You make sure they don't have to play that much. You win the game. So Washington wins if they have balance on offense, time of possession, 
and if that defensive line can get it together, which, like I said, they should. The talent is there, so they definitely should get it together eventually. Thank you. Froze up there. Good. Yeah. But Gibson, uh, I think tight end as well. They got to use that tight end, man. I like the tight end a lot that you guys have. Use him in the passing game. If you got Gibson going, you go off play action. You could get him going with Gibson. And I think that with that Washington team, man, defensively, they just got to – you said they weren't playing for each other. Like maybe it's became a thing where last year they started reading their headlines, right? And everybody wants to get their own stats. So maybe it's a thing where you have to have one of those team meetings or the player-only meetings, right? And you had that player-only meeting, and then you get that chemistry together, and uh, the defense yeah. starts to play for each other. Yeah, because if 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 they fall two to three and you got Patrick Mahomes coming into town, uh, yeah, uh, there need to be a meeting no later than Monday. Like it needs yeah. to be one. You're right. Um, and, to, and to your point where, like, time possession, and it's funny, I'm, I'm not glad you brought that up because we talked about we talked about this last week prior to the Atlanta game where those three games that we played, we only had, I want to say it was like 78 minutes. We were like 25th in the league. And that's mm-hmm. big time because, like, we, you know, we were coming off, at that time we were coming off a loss to Buffalo um, where I think we only had the ball for like 26 I think only 26. We had like 20-something, but. No, I think your mic went out. But, yeah, now you make a great point on having the ball. Like, we act like having the ball isn't important. Like, that's the game. It's, you want to have the ball in your team's hands for the maximum amount of time that's, that you can have it for. So, in the games where we've been able to do that against Green Bay, we were able to win pretty easily. So when you're able to have the ball and control the clock, you can win games. I understand that today's game isn't three yards in a cloud of dust anymore. You're not going to have Jerome Bennis just rumbling and tumbling down the field for you. But you can still have that same type of possession with slants, with a West Coast-type offense, or even with someone like Alvin Kamara or Gibson who can both run and catch the ball. You can still control the clock in that way. Yeah, and like you said, and I – we preached on that big time, especially going into the Atlanta game, like control of the time of possession. And lo and behold, I think they had the ball for a little over 30 minutes, which still is good. Like you yeah. want to be you want at least at least have half the half the time, a 60 minute game. At least you want to get 30. I mean, that's, yeah. that's all you can ask for at this point. But yeah, I think um one of the keys if Washington wins if James turns the ball over, which um that's gonna be an interesting key. Um Explore the run defense of New Orleans, like you said to your point, DA. Where you know you you, you know we got some good um, running backs like Gibson. Uh, you got McKissick doing his thing, and then maybe you get a little splash of Jared Patterson potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think those are the kind of the, the major keys. I think uh, if this team does win, um, I'm really it's in a weird way. It's it's weird to say like I, I'm not even relying on the defense. It's so crazy. Like it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's been that, that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, you see you see flashes of it, but it's still like it's, you still see the same thing, you know, here and there. But you know, you're hoping that you know every week, you know, you, you want to get better. You see some type of you know some type of improvement, which it feel like it's kind of been going like from. 
the Chargers game, which I think was pretty good, the whole Justin Herbert and the 20 points, then it just then it just the dam broke in every, you know, and, and just about it in every phase. So you're hoping maybe this could be the, the week that they do improve on defense, but we you know, who say? So yeah. yeah. Nah, and, uh, it definitely it could be a breakthrough week for either your defense or our offense, right? Because yep. yep. our offense has been struggling. Last week against the Giants, even though we lost that game, we took some strides. Jameis had a streak of 12 straight completions during the game, went 17 of 23, if I remember correctly. So if you only throw six incompletions, you're, and you're going down the field. It's not just little short passes. And I think we really found a weapon with Jawan Johnson at tight end. He's a former wide receiver that's made into a tight end now. Um, so I think he'll be a good weapon. He could be a Jimmy Graham type once they get more comfortable with him as far as being like the touchdown he caught in the game against the Giants. He ran a nasty route and just shook the safety for the touchdown. When you have a tight end who could do that, it really changes your offense and makes it more dynamic. So I'm looking for that as well as like one of the X factors, that relationship between Jameis and Jawan Johnson. Yeah, yeah. So, DA, to round out our opponent preview on the Watch the Football Guys podcast, your prediction, what you got? Right. My prediction for this game, sorry to say it, bro, I got the Saints winning this one. <laughs> I think the Saints bounce back. Usually, Sean Payton's really good off of losses. So, I think the Saints bounce back in this one. That defense of Washington has been struggling. I just mentioned how Jameis is starting to find a groove and starting to find a little more in that Giants game. So, I think we see more trust, more passing. We'll see Alvin Kamara using the passing game a little bit more. So, I got the Saints winning this one. I'm going to go. 28 to 21 over the Washington football team. So that defense, man, that secondary for Washington just scares me, especially if that defense line isn't dominating. And our offensive line is good enough, even with the injuries we have right now, to make sure that Jameis stays clean for most of the most of the game. Yeah. And hey, you you apologize to me. I gotta apologize to you too, man. So uh yeah, Washington edging this out 27 uh to 24. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be uh, a really, really interesting matchup. I think. Oh, your mic went out again. Yeah, I need to get one. Yeah, this thing is, uh, it's, it's act up today out of all days. Like, you yeah. know, I guess I've, I've had it for almost like two years now. So maybe it's just a situation. Maybe it's just time to upgrade. But um, yeah, but yeah, I definitely think they're gonna um, take care of business. Um, this could definitely be, um, like you said, it could be a breakthrough game for either or. Um, this is one of those things where it's you know you want to come out this this victory with a win because you don't want to face it you know to be two and three. I know for us, as far as from the Washington perspective, the road gets tough and tough and tougher. Yeah, if you know, because you got you got Patrick Holmes, you know, next week. Go to Green Bay in two weeks, yeah. <laughs> and then we go to Denver. So, and then thankfully we'll have a bad week. But yeah, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be an interesting stretch. But um, I definitely think uh, Washington will take care of business. I think um, this will be a situation where I think um, we'll be able to take advantage of the of the uh, of New Orleans uh, run defense. I think, like you said, it's gonna be a really heavy uh, Antonio Gibson. I think it's gonna actually gonna be a pretty good battle. I don't necessarily think it's going to be like a. I think it's going in a weird way, even though the score how how I have it, it's going to be a really really tough competitive game, and it's going to be a lot of. I think defenses are going to kind of um, kind of dictate this score as well. But um, yeah, so I got Washington winning this uh, this matchup. 
No, I'm not mad at that prediction. Like, I definitely can see that happening if the Saints don't come with their A game. Yeah. And if Washington's defense, with the Saints luck this year, Washington's defense will get together against us. Um, so <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Um, but you made a great point about both teams being at a crossroads. And both teams don't want to go to two and three. So if we mess around and lose to you guys, we go into our bye week at two and three. Then after the bye week, we got Seattle, which could be a lot different now with Russell Wilson being hurt but still a good team in Seattle. Then Tampa Bay, uh, we got Atlanta, which we, we should be Atlanta pretty easily. And yeah. plus, I never give Atlanta any type of credit at all. <laughs> we got uh, <laughs> Tennessee, Philadelphia, but then we got Buffalo, Dallas. Like, yeah. we, got some, <laughs> yeah, we got some rough games. We got some rough games in there. So both this game is really important for both teams because the schedules get a little rough for both teams after this. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's can def, definitely be tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's might went out again. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this game, man. I'm really looking forward to it because like you said, both teams are playing for so much right now. T Henny playing for his job, Jameis Winston playing to contain his job and um, gain the trust of Sean Payton. So there's a lot that's in store for this game as far as not just the game itself, but the storylines within the game and what can happen going forward for both teams. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. So wrap up this week's Washington Football Guys podcast, DA. Let them know where they can find your social media and upcoming projects. What you got? Yes, so the real deal WDA is my handle on all social media platforms. So the real deal, W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. On Twitter, you'll catch me tweeting about football, basketball, and boxing. Going to be doing a lot of tweeting on Saturday with the big boxing match coming up between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, three there. Um, always Sunday, Saints football, but I'm watching all the games. So you're going to catch me tweeting all day on Sunday, Monday night football, then basketball season coming up. So I, literally every day I'm going to be tweeting about basketball. I'm a basketball head. Uh, my Pelicans probably won't be too good this year, but I'll be tweeting about the rest of the teams <laughs> in the NBA this year. And my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. So you can subscribe to it wherever you listen to podcasts. I talk about the NBA, NFL, and boxing on that podcast. Uh, this past episode, I talked about the legacy of Manny Pacquiao, who retired officially last week. Also preview uh, Fury versus Wilder 3. I react to the NBA GM survey and also recap NFL week four and preview week five. So you can go ahead and catch that and get ready for week five. And I'll do another podcast called the third and three podcast, which we do live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook. If you follow the third and three podcast page, you'll catch us every Wednesday night. If you can't see us live, don't trip. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You catch us there. All right. So the real deal with Damian Adams and the third and three podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to both those both of those shows, man, you'll definitely enjoy it. Thank you again for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. Definitely. I knew, you know, when the Saints was coming to town, I was like, hey, I got to get out my, give my guy DA. But, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely appreciate you for coming on. And uh, definitely uh, check out the Watch the Football Guys podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Also, check out our live shows on Fridays. And then we do the post-game shows at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then also follow my podcast, Couch Coach Live, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm -hmm. on the Couch Coach Live. And, yeah, man, so once again, appreciate you, DA, for coming on this week. And, um, and 
I would say good luck, you know, good luck to you, you know, <laughs> down to Sunday and down the stretch, you know, you know, you're not, you're not um, the team in Texas, so there's no ill will, no bad blood. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's definitely no ill will. You know, so I'm going to wish you guys good luck as well. Uh, week six and all. Guys, have all the good luck going. <laughs> we, yeah. we six and all four, man. Have all the good luck going the rest of this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime after October 11th going forward, you're good. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, definitely appreciate you for coming on, man. This has been this week's Watch Your Football Guys podcast, and we will catch you guys on a post game on Sunday night. We out.